bars and restaurants to 25% capacity. British drug maker AstraZeneca has just become the third to announce a coronavirus vaccine. Lewis Clay Baker took part in the trial. Well, I mean, like, the big things like there's not going to be people in intensive care anymore, and small things like people can have their relatives in the hospital again, and then even smaller things like I can get the training to my parents and not worry about it. AstraZeneca says its version offers 90% protection after two doses. One big issue will be convincing people to actually get the shot. Public health officials on both sides of the Atlantic know developing an effective COVID vaccine is only half the battle. As this British politician puts it's it, not vaccines in themselves that save lives, it's vaccination. Here in Britain, the government's formed a rapid response unit to counter vaccine disinformation. And in the U.S., the Ad Council is now appealing for $50 million for what would be one of the biggest ever public education campaigns to show Americans the science behind the vaccines. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. CBS News has learned President-elect Biden will choose diplomat Tony Blinken as his Secretary of State. The United States and Vietnam share an interest in maintaining peace and stability in the region. Lincoln served former President Obama as a deputy secretary of state. CBS News is also confirming Jake Sullivan will be Mr. Biden's pick for national security advisor. S&P futures are up 16. Dow futures ahead 49. This is CBS News. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. That's healthy news for everyone. Only Eggland's Best. All right, how many of you love to spend less? Great, that's everyone. Now, let's narrow it down to everyone who loves to spend less and get rewarded for it. Everyone again? I predicted that. Well, let me introduce you to my Walgreens, the new, easier way to save money and stay well. When you join, you'll automatically start earning unlimited 1% Walgreens cash rewards store-wide. Join my Walgreens for free today at mywalgreens.com. See mywalgreens.com for details. Visit Boot Barn during our Black Friday sale this weekend. Early access deals start on Friday at 7 a.m., where you can get handcrafted full-grain leather cowboy boots starting at under $100. Plus, extended through the weekend, save up to $100 on handmade exotic skin cowboy boots. A large selection of jeans or buy one pair, get another one free. And save on flannels, sweatshirts, and workwear. Visit us and save during our Black Friday sale at Boot Barn. A last-minute save in the Sunshine State. A Florida man jumps into action to save his three-month-old puppy from the jaws of an alligator. Surveillance video shows Richard Wilbanks run into his backyard pond just south of Fort Myers and wrestle the gator's mouth open to free his beloved spaniel. Wilbanks says he was just walking little Gunner when the animal shot out of the water like a missile and snatched the pup. Gunner had one puncture wound on his belly and is said to be doing just fine. Luis Mateo, CBS News. I hit Netflix series is doing wonders for chess set sales. Chess isn't always competitive. Game makers say the Queen's Gambit, the story of a chess prodigy named Beth, has sent viewers searching for games of their own. Goliath says sales are up more than 1,000% over this time last year. The pandemic started the renewed chess craze with so many of us looking for entertainment while we're stuck at home. Creativity and psychosis often go hand in hand. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Are you experiencing financial hardship and finding yourself owing the IRS back taxes? The professionals at Allied Tax Relief can relieve you from IRS collections, most importantly negotiating your tax debt, especially during these times of need. Allied Tax Relief is able to negotiate various fresh start programs to relieve you of IRS tax debt. Call Allied Tax Relief now, 800-524-3121 for a free consultation. This call could save you thousands. Call now at 800-524-3121. That's 800-524-3121. At CBS News, our mission is to provide you with the facts you need to stay safe and informed. CBS This Morning and the CBS Evening News continue to deliver the latest news and developments on the COVID-19 outbreak. You can watch our free streaming service, CBSN, 24-7 at our website or on your phone using the CBS News app. Right now, we know you have a lot of questions and are looking for answers. And we want you to know CBS News is here to help you make sense of it all. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dust Busters! 
Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Did you know that televisions built today have a mean time to failure of just one to three years? That means your brand new TV could break in just one year as manufacturers look to sell, not to maintain. Because that's how they make their money. A TV supply company, we are here to help. If you have a television repair today, especially at our shop, that repair will get you more time with your device for half or less of the cost of a buy and replace. Bring your old TVs or other electronics back to life with a knowledgeable and friendly staff eager to help get your equipment back to like new quality. Don't get rid of your favorite TV or go back to the store and buy a replacement TV. Visit locally owned TV Supply Company instead. Have some questions? Call TV Supply Company at 740-593-3493 or visit the new shop location at 12870 State Route 13 in Millfield. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Since 1972, Dan & Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it's dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Dan & Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan & Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan & Electric, 740-593-8813. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WBTH FM. My oh my, it's a bit gloomy out there. No brilliant sunshine or anything like that. Temperature's okay, I guess. 59. I mean, I, I, let me take that back. That's what we're headed to. Right now we're showing 37. And if I look at the eye, it looks like we might have some sunshine after a while. Strike that. I was reading the wrong section. 37 now, 47 are high. But still, uh, some sunshine as the day progresses. So, anyway, well, wishful thinking, I guess. Good morning. It is the party line. It is W-A-T-H. And uh, can you imagine what our first topic is going to be, Scott? Yes, I think so. Joe Burrow. Yep. Uh, I was watching the game yesterday, <laughs> off and on. But um, I was getting ready to have dinner with some friends. And indeed, I saw the play. But I didn't realize, you know, the way the camera angle and everything was, you just didn't quite see... Uh, how severe it was. 
and then but the announcers who didn't have to follow the camera they could just watch they started immediately talking about uh oh and and CBS refused to show it over and over uh, the internet did even even on the internet visions it was very hard to see how severe it was and then I found a doc who um, uh, slowed it down, magnified it, and all sorts of things, and he said, there's no question, torn ACL. And, um, and that appears to be what it is. Well, they, they, there's no official uh, report yet. Uh, Jimmy and I have been communicating, and um, Jimmy has mentioned that Joe will see the doctor this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, there was an MRI done last evening, and they will know more later. So there's been no official medical diagnosis yet, but chances are pretty good that's probably what it is. Torn ACL is not a career-ending uh, gig at all. No, oh, by no means. Um, it is something that... Um, Depending on the degree of the tear, um, well, the season's pretty short. What's remaining? Yeah, I think there so, are six games left. Yeah, you know the odds of his being able to return this season, uh, I would say, virtually nil. Oh no, he's he's out for the year. Um, he certainly texted immediately. Uh, Thanks for all your support. Um, see you next year. Uh, he meaning Joe. Yeah. Uh, while he was being treated. Yeah. He tweeted, thanks for all the love. Can't stop me this way. <laughs> see you next Something year. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, um, not going to take me out that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's uh, a tough kid. There's certainly nothing malicious about what was done. It was just um, a normal incident. It was a football play. It was a freak accident. Uh, he was hit the, both high and low. The the parties that hit him were right there by his side immediately. Yeah. Offering their concerns. The entire Bengals team, the entire sideline, mm. was over there around Joe. And that's the impact that Joe has had on that team, that franchise, the community, this entire region, just the type of kid he is, a young man, um, you know, class act, tweeting out, thank you for all the love. Um, he's ready to go next year already. So well, Forgive me, with the stands being the way they are for these games, Yeah, was that being played in Cincinnati or somewhere else? Washington. Okay. Yeah, they ended up losing twenty to nine, but that's <laughs> yeah. beside the point compared to what happened. Um, I was listening to the radio broadcast as well, and the uh, broadcasters, you know, when that happened, they, they were just devastated mm-hmm. and basically said that the nightmare that all Bengals fans, uh, franchise team, has feared. Uh, at the beginning of the season has happened. Uh, the, the you know the nightmare of Joe Burrow going down to an injury, um, but you know they got they got to move on. Joe's a big team guy. Uh, he knows that, but uh, certainly we send out our best prayers, hopes, wishes for you know good diagnosis here uh, this morning once he sees the doctor, and we'll find out more later. But uh, yeah, it was just very unfortunate. And you know, it's I I don't mean to single out and I'm not going to, but I thought that the staff, the franchise would be a little less reckless with their protection of him by, you know, trying to bolster up that offensive line. Now that's just an observation. So uh, you know, when you gotta Number one pick coming in, you got to try to protect that guy with all you got. 
And I'm sure the linemen were. I'm sure they feel terrible about it. But as we've been saying all season long, they, they need help. And internally, they know that. They're, they're not saying it publicly. But uh, we certainly can. And, you know, commentators can certainly say that as well. And so we'll fall into that category. They, you know, they need help in this. It, it could really have been more. It could have been career-ending, much like a few other Bengals players. I was texting with someone um, yesterday that uh, is a big Bengals fan, and I said something needs to be done to eradicate the curse on Cincinnati sports. It seems like whether it's the Reds, the Bengals. University of Cincinnati, uh, but I've heard Cincinnati area radio commentators say that as well. Uh, you know, they had a number one pick years ago, Kajana Carter, out of Westerville High School, played at Penn State. He was their number one pick, running back. I think he played six or seven games, hurt his knee, never played again. They've had other number one picks that have been injured that were never the same. Carson Palmer quarterback he had a knee injury too he was never the same after that as well so you know it you could say this for a lot of franchises i suppose but it just seems like we're in this area here and it's more magnified you know we're an affiliate of the cincinnati bengals many joe burrow fans in this area and uh you know just makes you kind of scratch your head and what's going on in cincinnati but uh you know, it's just unfortunate that it happened. And I, when I saw the play, it just – I i got a little nauseous, quite frankly. Really? Yeah. You know, I you know nauseous. my connection with the Burrow family. And yeah. it, it just made me sick to see that happen to Joey. Mm. But uh, anyway, best wishes and hopes and prayers extended to not only Joe, but uh, Jimmy and Robin, you know, his family. Of course. So we'll know more later. Um, I'm sure Jimmy's probably getting bombarded by questions, you know, how's Joe doing? And certainly he, I'm sure he's trying to keep up with it as much as possible. And Robin, too. So uh, yep. very unfortunate. But uh, he's already talking about next year. Yes, indeed. And uh, I like that. Yes. All right. Well, today is Monday. It's November 23rd. This is the 328th day of this year of 2020. This is a big week. I have a birthday in two days. And um, the next day is Thanksgiving. How about that? How about that? Another trip around the sun. Yeah. Um, give you an update on uh, Pat. Um, who is visiting in California, my wife, having a wonderful trip. Um, you know, she has been getting outstanding care from the James up in Columbus. Um, and um, that's been going on for, what, 20 years or so. Um, first diagnosed in 2002 and then again in 2017 the very same cancer. But this time it's in her bones and it's not curable, but you can keep it at bay, right? Or keep it at its uh, present level. Yes. Hopefully um, not get any worse. Right. So she's stage four. Um, there are some amazing <clears throat> medications out there and she's availing herself of them, and they are doing what they're supposed to do. Well, out there, with the help of um, our daughter-in-law from uh, Thailand and Thai cooking <laughs> and um, a granddaughter uh, who's uh, five, I guess, and full of energy um, and 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 my stepson Paul, who is just all over her about, did you take this pill on time? Did you do that? You know, keeping the regimen tight. Uh, she is um, uh, 
feeling a bit better than she had back here. Good. And uh, so we'll just keep this regimen up. But she's also gone to see a couple of medical folks out there at a, a marvelous medical facility. You've probably heard of it. The City of Hope. It's there in Los Angeles. And um, one or two of the docs have said, hey, I really like what they've selected for you, but I'd like to talk with them about one other that I'm aware of. And so they talked to the Columbus docs, and, uh, you know, there's been some agreements about minor little tweaks in her medications. And it's always great to have some additional expert uh, input. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, with, I was just thinking while you were telling that, that, uh, you know, with that connection from the City of Hope to mm-hmm. the James, Mm-hmm. You know, the communication, the dialogue there may open up some possibilities for others. Absolutely. By and, and I don't think that. this is an unusual thing. Yeah. I think this happens, maybe it should happen more than it does, but I think this happens uh, somewhat routinely. Because uh, as people get about and are visiting relatives or whatever, <clears throat> and the relatives want to have input and Try to help. You know what I mean. Sure. Help others. Yep. So, anyway, so let's see here. The only thing is I tease her a lot because she, since she's been gone, she's missed our anniversary, my birthday, Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow, you got a list going there, don't you? Well, (laughs) yeah. I got to make her feel bad a little bit. Okay, just teasing, of course. Um, So anyway, let's move on here. Let's see our highlight in history, November 23rd, 1963. President Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ, proclaimed November 25th a day of national mourning following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Yes, I remember this clearly because it was my birthday. And we traveled over to Fort Wayne to see my sister and her family and have Thanksgiving meal there. And, you know, highly unusual, the TV was on throughout the meal with the, um, all the um, mourning of, of President Kennedy's death. And um, it wasn't... One of my better birthdays. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And not that I needed it to be. I was saddened, too. Yeah, something um, you'll never forget. One of those historical events that... I've had several like that. Yep, you just you remember where you were and what you were doing. Like that yesterday, the, what, 57th anniversary of the assassination. Mm-hmm. So many TV programs and documentaries on at this time of year, and I try to watch as many of them as I can. Well, sure. Um, Some of the theories and evidence that is presented, you know, years later that you didn't know about, you didn't hear about. And some of those things that I've seen lend a little credibility of the the, uh, silencing and the the hush-hush part of what really happened well let's see here let's do birthdays um our former labor secretary bill brock william e brock is 90 today Uh, actor franco nero is 79 Uh, screenwriter joe estraus is 76. Uh, actor and comedy writer Bruce Villange is 73. Chuck Schumer, senator from uh, New York, is 70 today. Singer Bruce Hornsby, 66. Actor Maxfield, I'm sorry, Maxwell Caulfield is 61. 
John Henton, another actor, 60. Robin Roberts, TV personality. Isn't she on um, Good Morning America, I yes. think, ABC? Mm-hmm. Yep. She's 60 today. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into a bunch of younger names I just don't know. Actor <clears throat> Kelly Brook is 41. Paige Kennedy, 44. Miley Cyrus is 28. Still quite a youngster. And the youngest person we have listed, we do them whether we know them or not is an actor, Olivia K-E-V-I-L-L-E. Kevill, I'm guessing, from television. She's on a show called Splitting Up Together, and she's 18. All right. Well, it's time to do the COVID report. Um, over the weekend, some things have changed. And what I mean is that some of the reporting agency have changed the way they track their data. Um, there were a couple places where there were no changes because they didn't have a complete report. But um, as of yesterday... Um, well, anyway, here we go. So we'll start with our county, of course. In our county, uh, on Friday, we had 24 new cases. Saturday, 43. Yesterday, 22. Those are new cases. The total cases since this whole thing began, again, those three days, 1730 on Friday, 1773 on Saturday and 1795 yesterday. Active cases. Friday there were 319, Saturday 347, Sunday 347. Uh, those requiring hospitalization in our county 62 on Friday, 65 on Saturday, 69 on Sunday. People recovering at home. In other words, not requiring hospital care. They may have at some point, but they don't anymore. 257 Friday, 282 on Saturday, 278 on Sunday. What about recoveries? Those in our county considered recovered, 1,406 on Friday, 1,422 on Saturday, 1,444 on Sunday. Now let's take the state of Ohio. Uh, let's see here. On Friday, we had had a total of 335,423 cases. The next day, we went from 335 to 343,286. And yesterday, 351,419. So just new cases. Friday, 8,808. Saturday, 7,863. And then yesterday, 8,133. Uh, now, how many were active as of those last three days? So we had 115,142 on Friday. 
119,218 on Saturday, and 124,143 on Sunday. ICU visits or um, patients, 4360 on Friday, 4394 on uh, Saturday, and 4418 on Sunday. Patients in the hospital but not in the ICU, 19598 on Friday, 19824 on Saturday. 20,005 on Sunday. Well, the death rate. Friday was nine, so far since this whole thing began, 5,955. On Saturday, 5,984. And on Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday, 5,996. Well, what about the recovery rate? That's always good news, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Friday, we had 220,281 that had recovered. We jumped 4,000 on Saturday to 224,068. And we jumped another 3,000 or so on Sunday to 227,276. Okay, world and U.S. They're the only two remaining sections, but I do see a caller. Let me not make them wait. I'll just grab the phone, and then we'll finish this up in a moment. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, I, uh, I, I'd like to start out by saying that I am a registered Democrat in Ohio, and I voted Democrat, and I'm a proud Democrat. Yes, sir. But I, I want to say that there are some things that the Republicans in the Ohio House are doing that I fully support. And I want to start, well, by saying that I, su I support the House uh, Senate Bill 311, which limits uh, Mike DeWine's authority to issue all these widespread uh, overreaching orders. And that that, that that bill passed with 20 votes, and that it takes 20 votes to override his veto, Mike DeWine's veto. Mm -hmm. And I I hope that all 20 votes come in to override that veto. I think that issuing an order to uh, a curfew between 10 and 5 o'clock to all the people of the state is wrong. I think if, if I want to go out at 2 o'clock in the morning and drive 100 miles by myself or go around the block and put the baby to sleep, that that's my prerogative as an American. And that, that the governor or nobody else has a right to tell me I can't do that. Now, I wear my mask and I social distance. According to the statistics out there, wearing a mask is 77% effective in spreading the virus. Social distancing is up to 974 or higher percent effective. If you combine that, wearing a mask and social distancing is 99.4% effective. People wear their masks and social distancing. There's no need for all this other stuff. Some more statistics out there is that out of 382 million people in this country, 12 million have tested positive for the virus. That's 3%, roughly. Do that again. Out of the 382 million people in this country, yep. 12 million people have tested positive. Okay? That's roughly 3%. Right. These are approximate numbers. Okay? Out of those 3% that tested positive, 255,000 people have died. That's 2% of that 12 million. Of that 255,000, of that 2% that's died, roughly 80%, 77 to 82% of those people were over 65 years old. Okay? So, people that are over 65, if they're... If, they're, they're higher risk, therefore they, they, they should definitely wear a mask and social distance. And if they do, according to these statistics, they're 99.7% likely not to contract the virus. And if they're not okay with that, then stay home. But this economy being closed is wrong. These, these limits on businesses is wrong. 
there are 80,000, approximately 80,000 more deaths in the United States this year, not related to, not because they died of COVID, but because they've died of COVID-related things like suicide, more than last year, more than without COVID. So we're not taking to affect these people, these, these suicides and these drug overdoses, okay? But the country and the state would be much better off without all these economic restrictions. And, and people who are, who are in higher risk categories, whether it be because of their age or because of some other illness or, you know, another factor, then those people, you know, stay home, wear your mask, social distance. Everybody should wear their mask, social distance. I agree. But this closing of the economy is too much. I believe it's government overreach. And um, I'm not saying, you know, a lot of these on the other side, they say, you know, oh, it's a, it's a hoax. It's a, it's far. I don't believe that. I believe it's real. But I believe what, what steps we've taken are way too, too much, mm-hmm. way too much. For, for the statistics I just read, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. May I ask? Pardon me. May I ask a few questions? Yeah. Are you a business owner? I have been, but I'm not right now. Okay. Um, if you were still. A business owner. Yes. What impact do you think you would have uh, uh, felt? Well, I was a food service in the food service industry, so it's very likely I could uh, I would would have contributed to the loss of my business. A loss to your business. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I'm in the broadcast business. Yeah. Um, our sales have plummeted. Yeah. Because um, often businesses think, well, that's that's a place I can trim. And um, so, you know, we're off by 40, 45%. Yep. Um, there are others who say, listen, I need to shake things up, and they do participate with us. But um, we're struggling. Yeah. Uh, a lot of businesses have had to close. Yes. A lot of businesses will no longer reopen. A lot of people in this country that were once thriving businesses are now in dire straits. Well, so summarize your thought. My thought is that the main the main point is is that there that this is a free country and that and that the consequences of closing everything down is greater than 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 it would be if people just exercised their personal responsibility of wearing a mask and social distancing or the personal responsibility and and, and listening to recommendations that if you're in a high risk category don't don't put yourself in harm's way for the government the government does not have the right to do what they're doing to close down everything to to issue these curfews that make no sense, uh, and, and along that, and, and I support the veto. I mean, uh, the override of the veto of Senate Bill three eleven. And once again, three eleven is to three to limit the governor's authority to okay. ex- to issue these widespread overreaching orders. Okay. Okay. And I, you know, there. I just want to one last comment here. Also in the news about this is like in Butler County and other surrounding counties in the Northeast, sheriffs have come out publicly and said, we're not going to enforce this curfew order. We don't have the resources for one, and it's wrong for another. Mm-hmm. And I wish the Athens County Sheriff would come out and say that too, because it's, it is wrong. People, you know, if I drive around the block and put my kid to sleep, I haven't harmed his soul. But that's the, what they're saying, that's what the order is. And if you look up the, the higher revised code on uh, quarantine and stuff like three seven zero seven. You you uh, you you'll become much more knowledgeable about what the law actually says about uh, quarantine and, and isolation and all this. And to exert and the and the Athens City Health Department, they're 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 quick to assert that authority on people, like they have to quarantine. Uh, you know, it makes no sense to say stay home and not give you any guidance, not give you. Any uh, resources? Not be go, uh, go out there and you know look for work. Not be able to go out there and 
provide for your family. Nothing. They don't. They, they say they do, but they don't. They don't offer you anything. They tell you this is what you got to do, and they say if you ever, you should look at a quarantine order from the higher, from the Athens City Health Department. It, it says uh, you, they threaten you that you if you if you violate this order, you could be you could suffer penalties of uh, imprisonment and fines. That's what it says. That's what the health department is giving to people that are quarantined. So, so it is saying you have to stay in your house. You can't even go outside. It doesn't even say you're supposed to go out in your yard. Now, who am I hurting if I go out and mow my grass? It's wrong. They're over, it's overreach. They can do better. They can treat people better. They can approach this better. They would get a better result if they said, listen, this is what we'd like for you to do. This is, you know, these are exceptions. These are... These are ways we can help you. No, they don't do that. They just exercise their, their uh, they remind you of their statutory authority and the consequences for not obeying their statutory authority, which I don't believe they should have in the first place. Okay. Okay? That's my view. That's my point of view here today. I'm glad you called in. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Have a good day. You bet. Um, yeah, it's touchy. Really touchy because... Um, You know, to to some degree, uh, they use common languages between all these departments. So what Athens County is using in terms of language is this very likely the same as Washington County or uh, Vinton County or whatever, or Franklin County, for crying out loud. Um... And um, if it's good enough for our capital city, is it not good enough for our city? Things like that. But, um, see, there was something he said. Um, This is a very difficult time. Okay. I... I never get out of my car to go to a store without taking four steps and saying, whoops, and turning around and getting my mask. It happens every single time. doesn't matter whether it's raining or nice. (laughs) Yeah, I I do it too. But uh, I get it back on. Uh. And, I, and, you know, it took a long time, but I am now used to wearing the mask without feeling like I can't breathe well. Yes. And it's kind of like the you, other day, though. you get in the car and put on a seatbelt. You know, you get used to it after a while. Mm-hmm. The other day, my wife, um, who does not is not very mobile, uh, so in many stores she uses these little electric carts, you know? Yeah. With a shopping basket mm-hmm. built on. Right. So she had gone in there, and uh, I'll just name it Kroger, and was getting situated on the cart when a man exiting the store absolutely reamed her for not having a mask on. Well, she had sent me back to the car. She had forgotten her mask. And as I showed up, he was already exiting, and my wife was in tears. Uh, She didn't mean to make that mistake, but he just let her have it. Okay, so this is a very emotional thing for many people. And I get it. Um, I think, I I hope if that man has to deal with a similar situation again, he'll try to be a little more understanding. Yes, hopefully. Anyway. As you've talked about that, I, you know... Don't see any reason to get loud and berate 
someone. Well, like it was that. embarrassing to other people walking by. Oh, I'm sure it was. You know, someone throwing a fit about things like that, and people walking by wondering what in the world's going on here. You and when know, I arrived, you know, you had no idea. I mean, she sort of got it across to me, and now don't misunderstand, folks. I'm not someone who would get angry and want to go punch the guy out. That's just not me. Um, but I was disappointed, and I was angry. That, oh well, you know. Let's finish our stats here for the U.S. and world, and then we'll move on. Okay. Now, over the weekend, the uh, national figures had some difficulty being updated regularly. So I'm just going to go with yesterday's figures. So, um, worldwide, you know, let's do the U.S. first. U.S. now has 12,524,851 cases. That uh, has resulted in 262,338 deaths. That's 2%. Of the 12,5 cases that have resulted thus far... Since February 5th. Right now, there are 4,800 cases that are act. I'm sorry, 48. Start over, Palmer. 4,837,325 active cases. There are 7,425,188 recovered cases. Now, we haven't had that recovered figure for several weeks, but they've got it reinstated now. So um, you haven't heard that figure for a while. Now, the same thing is true for the world. So, since this all began, and in the, the world's case, it's uh, November 19th. So, today's the 22nd, right? 23rd. Okay. So it's a year and three days ago. This all began. But thus far, the world has seen 58,857,078 cases. Now, when you figure that the world's population is seven point, almost 7.7 7 billion people, That's less than seven-tenths of a percent have caught it. The deaths of those that did catch it amount to 2.3%, almost 2.4%. And that number is 1,392,014. And again, this new figure... We now have an updated recovered number, and it's 40,701,199 have recovered. Okay. Well, we do this regularly, and um, uh, that's, that's it for today. National Cashew Day it is today. I do like cashews. I have ever since I was a child. I remember getting my hair cut down at, um, oh, right across from St. Michael's High School. There, and, uh, then right next to the barber shop was Nicholas Drugstore. As in the Jack Nicholas family. Mm, okay. And I would go in there and they had this display of warm cashews. And I would get cashews. That was my 
thing when I got a haircut. Okay, so today is National Cashew Day. It's National Espresso Day. And it's National Eat a Cranberry Day. Now, yesterday was National Cranberry Relish Day. So cranberries are popular at the moment. Yes, you know, they are. There's a cranberry relish that is available at uh, our stores year-round. And, of course, it's extremely popular during holidays such as this and Christmas. But we have a little container of it always. And I love it on crackers and things like that. Mm. Sounds pretty tasty. Mm. You know, also want to mention, and I mentioned this this morning on the morning show, that Saturday was National Adoption Day. And uh, I kind of uh, explained a little bit on that, what that entails. And uh, and also went on to say that uh, encouragement of folks to think about our foster children here in the Athens County area and also southeastern Ohio, maybe considering a monetary donation to the uh, Children's Christmas Wish Fund. Oh, yes. And uh, I'm going to be doing that to donate and uh, encourage all others to remember kids in this area that don't have families, they don't have parents, and maybe make uh, Christmas a little bit brighter for them. Even though we haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet, a good way to give thanks is maybe calling Athens County Children's Services and see where you can send a donation uh, because I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I haven't seen the Christmas wish trees around uh, places the last couple Christmases. Well, you where know, we could pull they, a name off. They the tree. often appear in places like the mall, and you know the mall, frankly, doesn't have the um, the stores at the moment. Yeah, to attract uh, much of a people, so. I'm sure a quick phone call to um, Children's Services would tell us uh, where that type of um, display tree is being. Yeah, so just wanted to mention that, that uh, Saturday national was National Adoption Day. And, folks, I am adopted. Yes. And it's... it's um, and that's another reason why I wanted to mention it. It's... Uh, I'm proud to be one, Okay. Art Turf, I-N-E-P-T-N-F-T-E-C, two, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. And here we are, fans, in the fourth quarter of the Toilet Bowl football game in Flushing. The Oysters of NF Tech leading Flushing State by a score of 9-7. to seven. Late in the ball game, 37 seconds left. It's fourth down. The Oysters have the ball back on their own 12-yard line, and we have Coach Artur Mike down on the sidelines. Let's see if we can listen in and see what the Oysters' strategy is going to be. All right, all y'all boys, listen up. Can't talk too good now. I've been yelling the whole ball game. All we got to do is run out this clock. We got ourselves a victory. All right, we're going to punt the ball out of here. Where's Wedgman? Wedgman, where are you? Can't find Wedgman. we got to run us a play. All right, everybody listen up. 82, ABX, zig out. We're going to run out the clock. Come on, let's go. Time back in on the field. The Oysters are not going into punt formation on fourth down. They're going to win the ball. The quarterback, third and 12, has it. He pitches the ball back to Needles Norgan in the backfield. Norgan running with the ball. Now back to Shorty Summers. Summers cuts to the right. They're about to bring him back. He pitches the ball back to Halfline Hines. Hines is going to pitch it back to Norgan. He's going to be tackled in the end zone. It's going to be a safety. And the ball game is tied at 9-9. And we're going to go into overtime. We'll be back with that overtime period right after we pause for this message. And uh, two things. One is, this is brought to you by Hugh White Automotive. The other thing is, I think it's a repeat, so we apologize, but uh, enjoy it anyway. And we're back with you at Flushing for the final conclusion of this toilet bowl football game. The Oysters of NF Tech and Flushing State tied 9-9. The Oysters, for some reason, did not punt the ball on fourth down, and Flushing State was able to trap them in the end zone for a safety 
right on the final play of the game as time expired to send it into overtime. Now NF Tech has lost the toss again and they'll be kicking off to start the overtime period. Sammy Sidewinder, the kicker is ready to go. The lines are down. He approaches the ball and there's the kick. It's a high twisting in over in kick. Paul Plunger, the ace running back for Flushing State is gonna take it on the 15. Moves up to the 20, he's to the 25. Gets a block to the 30. Moves left to the 35, now to the 40, 45, 50. NF Tech in pursuit. Jeff Gibson misses a tackle on the 35. He's down to the 30, down to the 25, the 20. They're not gonna get him. And Plunger goes into the end zone for a touchdown. And this sudden death overtime period has ended. Flushing State has won this toilet bowl football game by a score of 15 to nine. Oh, what a tough loss for the Oysters. I, I wonder if we still have the mic down on the sidelines where Coach Art Turf is. Oh, what a heartbreaking loss it was. Coach Turf, if you can hear me, a touchdown run on the opening kickoff of overtime. What a way to lose a ball game. Well, all I can say is, it was a fine ball game. Listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of MF Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Have a little fun on a Monday. <laughs> that may even have been the third time we had that episode. You I think? I, I don't remember the final score being 15 to 9, though. So I I, maybe it wasn't. Anyway, um, Paul Plunger took it down for the score, ran it all the way back. What's this here? Is that music? Yeah. <laughs> it is music. We'll use this to finish up our show today. Sponsored by eBay. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Americans are on the go this Thanksgiving week. The TSA says it's screened about 3 million airline passengers since Friday. That's despite a warning from the CDC to stay home as COVID cases surge. These men took off from LAX. Naturally, there's a little bit of nervousness that comes with traveling, but mostly I think I'm fine. I'm not, not too worried. I'm wearing a mask and I'm going to wash my hands as soon as I 
Health officials are worried travel will lead to a new surge just in time for Christmas. In some parts of the country, they're refusing to get out the message. Correspondent Jim Crisula. Republican governors in some states hit the hardest by coronavirus are refusing to ask families to limit Thanksgiving celebrations, despite warnings from federal health officials that such gatherings could worsen the COVID-19 surge. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem and Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt are actually encouraging people to be with their families for Thanksgiving, even as infections overwhelm hospitals in many states. A British drug maker has become the third company to unveil a coronavirus vaccine. AstraZeneca says its version is up to 90% effective. Dr. Adam Finn at the University of Bristol. The next challenge is going to be to get enough people immunized fast enough to have an impact on the virus. The Ad Council says it's working on a campaign similar to the one it used to convince skeptics of the polio vaccine in the 1950s. If you're driving a GM pickup truck or an SUV,